Dads are like socks. Dads are like socks because they keep us warm. They stick around no matter how torn. They might have holes and are smelly. But they're the best companion when watching telly. We miss them a lot. When they're not around we can tell. Dads are like socks because they fit so well. Join us on the 1st of September for a Dad's Day at an Elam Christian Centre near you. Wow, love that. Wasn't that the cutest thing? Dads are like socks. Oh, smelly holes in them. Yes, no. Hey, I really encourage you. There's a um, Dad's Day flyer on your seat. Go and invite someone, a dad, um, you know, maybe a granddad, a popper, um, a guy in your world. I know they will have a great time, lots of laughs, so can't wait. Well, good morning. It's lovely to see you all. How you all doing? Good. I just want to extend a really warm welcome to um, my welcome to you if you're visiting or new with us. We're so glad that you've joined us. And as Mike said, I'm going to be closing off our anatomy series. It's been great the last few weeks. We've been looking at different parts of the body. Um, if you've missed a message, uh, I don't know if you know, but we've got a great website that and, and all our messages are recorded. So you can go back online and listen. Uh, we had a message on the heart, on the tongue. That was a goodie for me. And the eyes, Mike preached a great message last week. Um, yeah, so that was amazing. And so I'm closing off our series this morning. And I think this series has made me just go, wow, God, you are so amazing. Like how fearfully and wonderfully are our bodies made? Like oh, marvelously. And I just love that, you know, every part of our physical um, function has a function. And so it also has a spiritual implication. And so this morning I'm talking on the lungs. The lungs being the center of our respiratory and our breathing system. Yes, can't wait. I just love to share a couple of verses with you to frame this message, and, and I'm going to pray. Genesis 2 7 says, Then the Lord God formed the man out of dust from the ground, and he breathed the breath of life into his nostrils, and the man became a living being. And Job 33 4, this verse is amazing. It says, The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Would you pray with me this morning? God, we just thank you. We can sense your presence so strongly here this morning, Lord. And Father, you are the air that we breathe. Lord, your holy presence living in us. And we're desperate for you, Lord. And Father, I just pray that as your word goes forth, Father God, it would speak to hearts. Father, as only it can. Lord, I empty myself of my words and I just ask that it would be your words spoken. Lord, giving glory and honor to you that the life, the very spirit you've breathed into us, Lord, we would bring honor and glory in how we live our lives for you. Amen. Amen. Well, you'd think that breathing is pretty straightforward, right? We do it from the moment we're born. Uh, I, Mike and I have three children and I, they, they were the, you know how these moments that will always stick with you? Well, hearing our children cry and take their first breath, that's a moment that will stay with me forever. Um, just that miracle, that miracle of life. And I can still remember when we brought our eldest child, Rosie, home, and we had tried and waited and believed for her for a long time. So it was amazing to bring her home from the hospital. And I can still remember Mike he uh, made a makeshift bed by her cot. And the first night we brought her home, he slept by her cot. And every 15 minutes, he was up to check she was still breathing. 
I know, what an amazing dad. I think I was fast asleep trying to catch up from the delivery. (laughs) Every 15 minutes he was up. He didn't sleep at all. But you know, by the time we had child number three, he said to me, Ames, how quickly can we get this child out of our room? She's breathing just fine. (laughs) She's breathing just fine. You know how babies are really noisy? (laughs) Yep. Oh, so good. (laughs) You know, breathe has been a word on my heart this year. I know how sometimes God just speaks words into your heart for a season. And we moved home uh, earlier this year, moved house, and we've gone to a bigger home. It's got gardens and roses that I have no idea how to take care for. But it, and it, we can see the sea. And I don't know about you, but whenever I see water, oh, it just makes me breathe. It's so good for my soul. And so I'm, I felt like God has said to me, Amy, this year, you need to learn how to breathe again. I've been known to be someone you can hear me coming before you see me. I rock quite quickly. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just seem to always be in a hurry. And I feel like God is telling me, Amy, slow down and breathe. And I think it would do us all well to consider our breath. It's probably something we don't always think about. But actually, it makes our entire body function. You know, the first um, mention of breath in the Bible is Genesis 1.30 that speaks about all creation having the breath of life in it. And I'm just believing today that some people are going to get your breath back. Some people here are going to get their life back in Jesus' name. You know, when you look at the word breath um, in the the, the Hebrew, um, the word for breath is neshama. And it also has the same meaning for spirit. So in many occasions that I have come across in Scripture, the word breath is used interchangeably with the word spirit. And so it would seem that you and I, creation, mankind, man and woman, are created out of the very breath, the very spirit of God. The same breath that breathed life into all creation. You know what? It's breathed life into you and I. You know, I love being part of a campus. Um, We are one church, if you didn't know, that meets in six locations. We have the most wonderful friends to do life with. We have resource and support, and I absolutely love it. And I just want to give credit to this message to my lovely friend, Rebecca Green. Bex and Steve pastor our Botany Campus. This is a message that she wrote, and she has gladly said, go for it, because I just felt it so resonated with me. And uh, so this is my version on this message, and I've entitled it Breathless. Now, it was actually about three years ago that Bex and I decided we would run our first half marathon. I was silly enough to mention in a sermon that I felt like I should run a half marathon, having never run one before. And I was like, I've said it, I've made it public, I've got to do this. And so Bex and I embarked on training together. And during our training, a few months in, I started to get some pain under my ribs, And when we were training for the longer distances that you need to run to run in order to run 21Ks, I could find, I was finding myself really breathless. And it reminded me that in my mid-20s, when Mike and I had moved to Auckland, I had a new doctor and he did a raft of tests. One of the tests that he did was that I had to blow into a bag and I had to see how strong my breath was and see the capacity of my lungs. And I failed, like terribly. So much so, he sent me off to Middlemore Hospital to do a raft of tests. I can't even remember what they were, but I think they came back all okay. But he said to me, I'm prescribing an inhaler for you. I said, excuse me? He said, I'm giving you an inhaler 
because you're not breathing properly. I said, what? Are you serious? Like, I, of course I know how to breathe. Like, I've been breathing it this time for 25 years. Like, hello. And he's like, no, you're not breathing properly. You need to learn to breathe again. And I found the same thing happened in preparing for my half marathons, which let me tell you, we did complete. We finished, which was awesome. And I've gone on to run a few more. But I realized that I was not running or breathing from my diaphragm when I was running. And there's such a thing as diaphragmatic breathing um, that long distance runners do. And so I, again, had to learn (laughs) to breathe again. How about you? Have you ever found yourself breathless? Have you ever maybe had the breath knocked out of you? You know when you do, maybe done a belly flop in your younger years, or maybe yesterday, and you got winded, or you maybe you had a ball or a child to your stomach, and you were like, I can't even, can't even catch or take a full breath. You know, I think emotionally, a number of us have been winded by life. You know, life has a way where the unexpected will happen, and it's like, and the breath gets knocked out of you. Can you relate to me? I tell you, one of the seasons that where I felt like emotionally and physically the breath had been knocked out of me was when we were trying for children. And we tried for years, waiting and hoping and believing and going through a lot of treatment. And I just, I I think I would have said to you in that season, I feel like the breath had been knocked out of me. I want to say it's possible It is so possible for the amazing God that we serve to breathe his breath of life into us again. Maybe some of you, you simply forget to breathe. Have you gone through the day so busy, so focused on things that you stop and you go, I haven't even taken a breath. We can forget to breathe. We can allow busyness and stress to overwhelm us. And then there are those moments where you simply can't catch your breath. I remember completing my first Kirikiri half marathon and Bex and I, we were so proud of ourselves because we entered as hybrids, which means we could have walked had we chosen to, but we actually ran the whole way, which was amazing. But by 17, 18 Ks, I was in pain. Like my lungs were burning. And by the end of the race, I crossed the line, I fell on the grass and I was so exhausted. I could not talk. I could not catch my breath. You know, those moments. And how easy is it for life to happen? Life happens, and the breath that God has breathed into us can so quickly get knocked out of us. And we need to, to, we need to constantly be reminded to live by the very breath, the very Spirit of God that dwells within us. We need to be reminded to live dependent on the Holy Spirit, yeah? Every day. Because if we live independent of the Holy Spirit, it is so much easier for the breath to be knocked out of us when, when the unexpected happens. And if we live, live independent of the Holy Spirit, it is so much easier to forget to breathe when we're so busy and stressed with life. And when we live independent of the Holy Spirit, it is so much harder for us to catch our breath when the fears and the worries and the anxiety comes at us. And that last one is very real to me. So how do we get our breath back? How do we get our breath back? Well, this morning, in the physical, what would we do? We might go to first aid class, and we might learn how to do CPR. Who's learned how to do CPR here? Oh, look, we're going to be fine if something happens to us. Do you know we actually have um, official first aiders on site too? 
So we take really good care of you. So today in the spiritual, we're going to do some CPR. So what I want you to do is I want you to get into part, to pairs. I want you to partners. I want one of you to lie down on your back on the floor. No, I'm not serious. I'm looking. <laughs> How did I know that you would do that? <laughs> Some of you are looking terrified and others are quite overjoyed at the thought of doing CPR with the person sitting next to you. <laughs> we'll do some CPR later. <laughs> We're going to do some spiritual CPR this morning. <laughs> I've got three things in your notes that I really pray will help you catch your breath, will help you get your breath back. And the C, this first point this morning, stands for connect. We need to connect to the very breath giver, our, our giver of life. We need to connect to God every day. You know, Jesus says these words in John 15, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in them, they will produce great fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. We have got to learn to connect and choose, make a choice to connect to Jesus every day in his word and by prayer. You know, I just turned 40 this year. No, yeah, 40s will be fabulous. That's what I'm declaring over my life. 40 and fabulous. Um, and I was, I was reading an article, it was actually a few years ago, that the years that I was born, so if you're born between 1977 and 1983, you were in what's called a micro generation. You were on the cusp of Generation X, but you are not, some of you might be thankful, we are not a millennial. We are the best of both worlds. We are called an exennial. Exennials, are there any exennials here? Oh look, there's a few of you, hello. So when I say this, you're gonna be so relating to me. I think we had the best of both worlds. We had an analog childhood, but we've had a digital adulthood. So if I wanted to call my friend and organize a time to catch up with her, I could not text, message or WhatsApp her. No, 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 I had to pick up an actual telephone. I had to call her house, introduce myself to her parents, and ask her parents to put her on the phone so that I could organize a time to meet up with her. <laughs> and I tell you, we did not call after like 8.30 at night, 9 o'clock at night. I even, heard, I even heard of my friend's parents would like put down the phone, be saying, no, you can't talk to my child at 9 o'clock at night. <laughs> but you know, we live, we've never lived in a more connected society. Never lived in a society so distracted. We have so much information coming at us at rapid pace. We can connect via Messenger and WhatsApp and social media and Facebook and Instagram. And you know what? I think we're in danger of disconnecting from, from God himself. We need to disconnect, sorry, disconnect from the world and connect to God. You know, for my 40th birthday, we went overseas and for seven days, I left all devices behind. I went with a book and my Bible and a notepad. And I tell you, for the first day, it felt like I was reaching out for something, like I'd lost a limb. It was the strangest thing. It was so good for me. And a few days in, you know what happened? I just felt like I started to breathe. I could fully focus on my husband, that he was really glad about that. I didn't have to respond to any emails, I didn't have to respond to anybody, but I was fully present in that moment. And I think, church, we have probably lost the art. I know I have of be, learning to be fully present in the moment without distraction. We need to learn to connect, oh, connect to the life giver. You see, I want to turn to his book before I go to Facebook. 
I want to listen to his words before I read anyone else's words to me. I want to hear from God himself. Because I don't know about you, but do you wake up with bad breath in the morning? Maybe some of us might not like to acknowledge that. But Mike and I have bad breath. Does that make you feel better? (laughs) And I was thinking, you know, just like in the natural, we've got to breathe out the carbon dioxide and breathe in the fresh, fresh oxygen. We need to have God get rid of our bad breath our stinking thinking, the sin that so easily entangles us, the wrong attitudes, wrong motives. We need to connect every day to the giver of our breath. We need, and I think prayer is so such a vital part of this. Prayer helps us connect to God. It helps us get rid of the toxic breath and breathe in his life again. Psalm 116 says, I love the Lord because he bends down. He hears my prayer for mercy. He bends down to listen. I will pray as long as I have breath. So a question to ask this morning, what changes do you need to make in order to connect with God in a greater way this week? And I'm just gonna breathe now. Do you know, funny story, I actually often, when I preach sermons, have, have breathe in between every point, just to remind me, because I can go rather fast. <laughs> breathe. What changes do you need to make? So C is for connect, P is for prophesy. Prophesy. Now, you might think that's a strange word. You may have never even heard that word. Maybe you're new to church and new to faith. Well, let me explain. In the Bible, there was a prophet called Ezekiel. And he was a prophet to the nation of Israel in a really difficult and dark time when they were taken into exile um, by the Babylonians. And it was really a time where there was not a lot of hope. And God took Ezekiel and by the Holy Spirit, he had a vision where he saw a valley and God took him through that valley, wandered through that valley and the valley was filled with dry bones. I wanna read to you Ezekiel 37. It says, the hand of the Lord was on me and he brought me out by his spirit and he set me down in the middle of a valley and it was full of bones and he led me all around and there was a great many of them on the surface and they were dry and he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I replied, Lord God, only you know. You know, when you feel like your breath has been knocked out of you, when you feel like you can't take a full breath, sometimes it is like wandering around in a valley of dry bones. You know, we all have valleys of dry bones. Maybe it's the dry bones of a valley of sickness. Maybe it's a dry marriage that we are in. Maybe it's financial difficulties that feel like it's just dry bones. Maybe it's the loss. Maybe you've experienced tragedy or loss of a loved one and all you can see is dry bones. And when you're in a valley and all you can see is is dry bones, it's the hardest thing sometimes to have hope, but to see the promises and purposes of God. And what does God say? He says to Ezekiel, we ask him a question. Do you ever find God is really good at asking questions? Do you know Jesus? People would come to him and what did he do? He would ask them a question. Who are you looking for? To Mary Magdalene at the tomb. What would you like me to do for you? To the blind, Bartimaeus. And just like Ezekiel, I believe we were all faced with that same question. Can these bones live? Can these bones live? Can I see financial breakthrough even though I haven't received it yet? Can I see my body being healed even though I'm still struggling in pain? Can I see my marriage fully restored even though it looks really dry at the moment? 
And this is what God tells Ezekiel to do. He says, prophesy, verse four to six, concerning them. These bones say, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord God says. I will cause breath to enter you and you will live. And I will put tendons on you and make flesh grow on you and cover you with skin. And I will put breath in you so that you will come to life and then you will know that I am the Lord. When you can't see it, my friends, speak it. When you can't see it, speak it. Prophesy like it is done. I'm here to tell you this morning that just like Ezekiel, the miracle is in your mouth. As God created with his words and with his, his speech, we too, he wants our words. He wants to hear our voice, to speak hope into the dry places even when we can't see it. And I wanna echo Mike's words. You know, Ezekiel didn't just prophesy once. He started to hear a rattling noise and the skin and the flesh came on the bodies, but they still had no breath. He had to prophesy a second time. He had to go again. He had to never, never, never give up. God wants us to keep pressing in and prophesying and speaking his word of truth because God is the God who specializes in making dead things come to life. I'm here to tell you that although a replacement might be nice, God is a God of the resurrection. He wants to bring dead things to life. And, do, and doing that is speaking the word of God. You see, when we stand on God's promises, he, those promises are faithful. They are true. God is good to his word. When he says it, he will do it. And I wanna encourage you that when you declare and prophesy and speak God's word, you come into agreement with that word. And do you know what happens? Things have to come into alignment. So for example, if you, um, if you are struggling with hopelessness and you bring that under the agreement of the word of God, it has to come into alignment with hope. If you're struggling with brokenness, something that's broken, and you bring it under the agreement of the word of God, it has to come into alignment with um, wholeness because God is a God of his promises. And this is one for me, and maybe it's for you. Anxiety under the agreement of the word of God has to come into alignment with peace. I declare over myself every morning, Amy, worry will not be your master. Peace is my portion, Lord. I choose peace. I thank you that peace you've given me, and I receive it. And I thank you that I will not be troubled nor afraid. Prophesy. If you can't see it, speak it. What, here's a question for you. What do I need to prophesy or speak over my life? What feels dead that God wants to bring back to life? It's good questions. And the third thought is the team would like to come. So connect, prophesy, and the R is for rely. Rely. Rely on God. I tell you, I'm relying on God today. Haven't had a lot of great sleep, not feeling particularly that well. And the only reason I can stand up here and not fall over is because I'm relying on God's strength. Trust in the Lord, Proverbs 3 says, with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding and all your ways know God and he will make your path straight. You know, one of the hardest moments of our, of our lives was when Mike and I in 2008 moved to Tauranga to support a, uh, one of our national Elam pastors who was very sick with cancer, very sad situation. And we'd only been there six weeks and Pastor Warren preached on the Sunday. On the Friday, he played golf, as he loved to do. On the Friday night, he had a headache and went into hospital. And on Saturday, he went to be with the Lord. And so within a week, we were pastoring our first church. And I can tell you it was a moment where I just felt like the breath had been knocked out of me. 
I tell you what, we never needed God more in that moment than then. We never needed Him. We needed Him like the air that we breathe. We needed to connect with Him and His Word to go deeper, to seek His presence, to rely on the Holy Spirit. I love that Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit. The Father has sent Him in Jesus' name and He is the one to comfort us, to come alongside, to counsel us. He teaches us and reminds us of everything Jesus said. Isn't that awesome? Jude 20 says we need to be reminded to build up our faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. Do you know if you speak in tongues, I encourage you to speak in tongues every day. I speak in tongues every day. Do you know why? Because my brain and my emotions get bypassed and I am speaking to God spirit to spirit. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Rely on God to fill you. Here's a question. Am I trying to live out of my own capacity or am I relying on God to fill me? What do I need to do in order to let go and rely on God again? You know, in our own capacity, we'll only do so much. But God wants to, like a breathalyzer bag, breathe His capacity. And in and through you, He can do more than we could dare to dream or imagine because it's His power and it's His strength. You know, there's a third word that is the translation of the Hebrew word neshama for breath and it's life. Neshama means breath, spirit, and life. And I thought, wow, that is so amazing. Because you know what? If we lose our breath altogether, what happens? We lose our life. We lose our very life. And I believe there's people who've come in here today, and it's like you are struggling to breathe, and you feel like the life has almost gone. But you've come into this place, and you sat in worship, and you felt like you could breathe again. I wanna tell you that every single one of us has been in that place, has been in a place where we were short of breath and feeling like we didn't have life. And we came to Jesus, the life giver, the miracle worker, our Saviour, Jesus, and He breathed His breath of life. We celebrated two people this morning and they've had their lives back. New life in Jesus. And it's amazing to behold. And I want to extend an invitation to you today as I close that you would receive Jesus. He's the greatest gift. Salvation is being saved from our sin. You know, we were created to walk in relationship with God, but sin has separated us. And, but God loved us so much that He sent His Son, Jesus. Fully God, fully man. Jesus experienced weakness, temptation, but he did not sin. And Jesus gave his life on the cross for you and I to forgive us. He took our punishment. He took the place that I deserved, you deserved. And he gave us life. He rose again three days later. And I'm telling you, it is the greatest gift you'll ever receive is new life in Christ, new life in Jesus. Help you to breathe again. Three things will happen. When you become a Christian, you become a brand new person. You are forgiven from your past. You have a new life today. That's what it means to be born again. And you have hope for your future and eternity with Jesus. Do you know that when you breathe your last breath, you will go to be with God, your heavenly Father. What an amazing gift. And I wanna extend an invitation today that maybe that's you, you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, or maybe you've walked away 
You once knew the breath of God in your life and you lived and you breathed every day, but life happens. And I wanna say, don't sweat it because God's love was so great for you. Do you know nothing will ever separate you from God's love? Not death, not life, no shame, no pain will ever separate you from God's love. That's how much He loves you. So I wanna extend an invitation. We love to pray a prayer here as Elam. You can pray it out loud with us or pray it in your heart. God will hear your prayer by faith and save you from your sins. Shall we pray this morning? Just encourage you to, if you feel ready to make Jesus your Lord and Saviour. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and the Saviour of this world. Today I make you Jesus, the Lord of my life. I believe you died for me to forgive my sin. I believe you rose again to give me life. I receive this new life. Be my Lord and Saviour. I receive your breath in Jesus' name. And with every head bowed and eye closed, I just want you to do one step of faith to say, you know what? I prayed that prayer, but I'm gonna make a public commitment today. I'm just gonna ask you to raise your hand on the count of three. And if that's you, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, coming to Jesus or returning home to Him, I just want you on the count of three to put your hand straight up and I'll see it and put it straight back down. Are you ready, church? One, God loves you. Two, God has a great plan for your life. Three, you can put your hand up now. If you've said yes to Jesus. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Awesome. Well, Father God, I just thank you for every heart that has responded to you. Father God, I just pray for those who are desperate to get their breath back, Lord. Feel like life has knocked the breath out of them. Lord, that they're finding it hard to draw a full breath. I just pray that you would breathe your breath of life into them again, that they may live, that they may know and have every breath, Father, to praise you. Lord, I ask that you would help us connect with you. Help us speak your words of life and truth and help us rely on you, Lord Jesus. Father, I thank you, Lord, that we can praise you with every breath that we've been given. Lord, every breath in our lungs, Lord, would it give you praise. Father God, I ask your blessing on your people today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow. Come on, what a great message. Thank you, Amy. I think there's three, you know, three things there, three questions that you can go, go away. And I really encourage you to engage in those questions this week. You know, go away and you know, how, how can you connect? You know, how can you make sure that your connection to God is greater than your connection to the world? You know, what are the things you need to prophesy? What are the things you need to speak over your situation? You know, call it into being. Agree with God. And uh, what do you need to do to rely on God this week more than ever before? Rely on His Holy Spirit. Now, why don't you grab your Connect card? Uh, if you, you should have one on your seat there. Uh, I want to encourage you, if you pray that prayer this morning, I, I really feel like some people actually responded, but maybe you're a little bit embarrassed to, to put your hand up. Why don't you just fill in the Connect card? Drop it in and the offering as it comes, comes along in just a moment. Uh, or you can pop it out in the, the Connect box uh, right out by our information area. Uh, why don't you make sure you put that in the Connect box? And uh, what I want to encourage you to uh, we've got uh, incredible things taking place every single week. We've got small groups, uh, 45 small groups are meeting at the moment uh, across all of Whangarei. I want to encourage you to get in a small group. If you haven't already done that, fill in the Connect card. Make sure 
uh, you do that. Also, uh, we've got our growth track, which, which is our, our, our way of discovering your purpose. If you don't know what you were created to do or, or how God's wired you, you're going to sign up for our next growth track. Uh, so make sure you sign up for that. Grab the Connect card. But uh, we're going to receive our offering this morning. And I just want to tell you, on Friday night, we had our very first Voltage Charged. Our Voltage Charged. And I wonder if we've got any of our junior leadership team that led that. Would you guys stand if you're here? We've got a number of them that are here today. Uh, they're probably actually out serving in the other, the other programs. But we had 10 of our junior leadership. These are 14 to 16-year-olds that are leading so well. And because you give, 